Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to our podcast, Med Family. I am the host, Eric Acker, with Karen. Hey, guys. So we are, I guess, healthy again. <laughs> I know, I jinxed us last time. I was like, we finally got over being sick. Everyone is fine. And then we got some... Like two days after. Stupid, like, normal virus thing. That Everybody was throwing up. Everybody. All, like, within the same, what, 48 hours? Something like that. Yeah, like, I remember Wednesday night you were messaging me and telling me that uh, our daughter had started throwing up. And so, okay, I guess I should pack up and come home at some point, help out a little bit, you know. The doctor should be around, <laughs> which really, Karen is obviously obviously the nurse of the family because like she did all the, you know, puke into the bucket, clean up the bucket. <laughs> you missed the bucket, I'll clean that up too. And I was more of the, no, we should not give them anything to eat. <laughs> Let's let this go, and I am going to. Look at them as if they're icky, and I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> he says that, but like, he stripped down bed sheets like the best of them. So, oh man, such a mess. Yeah, um, yeah. We had three kids sick all in within yeah. a span of what four or five hours of each other. They yeah. just kept kicking them down. One one that kept knocking down, and the next one would not go down, and. Of course, I was really nervous that I would be next. And about, I don't know, at some some point during the night, Karen said, well, somebody has to get some sleep. And so she allowed me graciously to get some sleep. And then about three, sometime, sorry, sometime between 3 and 4 a.m. in the morning, I could hear Karen in the bathroom <laughs> go, as the next victim of the, of the virus. But thankfully by then, we only had one child puking. Like we were, we were down from three to one. So all day Thursday, I was like at home taking care of everybody. Karen was resting. I, the kids were slowly recovering. You know, in a, in a span of like six hours, they were done vomiting. So it was just a okay. Well, let's let's take it easy. Let's ease back into the food stuff. Like let's not go crazy here. And then. So I was thinking Thursday I had maybe had escaped the problems. Like, I'm not sick. I'm not feeling queasy, but I'm not eating anything either. Cause I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to feed this monster. Uh, but by basically Friday morning, I, I had gotten the lower end of the GI track. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I, I prefer. Yeah, yeah. Granted, I, I, I don't think Karen appreciated my, my way of dealing with it. Laying on the bathroom floor <laughs> and dying. I'm dead. If I don't move, I'm right next to the toilet. So if anything bad happens, I can just go back to the toilet. Otherwise, I'm just going to lay in the middle of the floor. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I mean, this happened during, technically it was during Eric's spring break. So I had help. It was probably the best time for everybody to get sick, even if it sucked buckets. And I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, like you said, good timing. I, I mean, I did lose about three days worth of studying, which 
kind of stunk, not just because of the, I mean, I lost Thursday and Friday because of the illness uh, that plagued the family, and Saturday was because we, we had to clean up a bunch. <laughs> we had a- well, our, in the midst of all of us being sick, our landlord, her husband is getting restationed because they're in the military, and so she wanted to bring over the new property manager that was going to be handling the property, and I was just like, um... <laughs> That's not going to happen. We're all throwing up. I was like, but I'll text you if coming towards the weekend we're doing okay. Because you can imagine at this point, like, when when most of the family is vomiting, like, dishes aren't getting done. The laundry is getting done, but it's like... Well, it's not laundry that's getting done. Soiled linen that's being (laughs) washed and dried and recycled. (laughs) So it's not like we're really moving laundry we're not really cleaning the house it's just like everything is on hold like it's just uh we need to survive the next 48 hours the house does not need to be clean nothing needs to be in good shape we just need to survive yeah so saturday it was a it we we everything everything and sanitized everything and i think by like two o'clock Eric and I were just like, we are so exhausted. Yeah, you go from like 40 hours of like not really eating anything and having everything purged from your body. Then to basically mowing the lawn, washing the walls, vacuuming, doing, cleaning up everything. It, it's quite a, quite an ordeal. It's quite a, quite a bit of fun. So that was day three of not studying. (laughs) In other news, like Eric started surgery this week and um, the surgeon that he is, under is actually going on so his surgery for tomorrow got called off so he's leaving early he's yeah he's a, apparently a motorcycle guy so he him and his wife are driving motorcycles to i think somewhere in florida and they tend for their to anniversary a, like, yeah some kind of anniversary trip but they tend to avoid all highways oh that's nice they try to as much as they can anyway. Make it more scenic and pretty? I guess so. He did say that Louisiana smelled like pot the entire time they drove through Louisiana, which is an interesting observation. I can't say that I have any other observations for Louisiana because we just drove through that very fast. We Wasn't went, that bright and early in the morning at like... Uh, no, no. No, remember Louisiana? We, it, it was yeah. just basically like swamp and like dead and we were going like 90 miles an hour for the entire upper <laughs> part of Louisiana because there was nothing going on. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful state. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen much of it besides the, the We've freeway. only seen the northern part. I'm sure New Orleans is better and maybe Baton Rouge is better. I don't know. I don't know, but anyways. Uh, so yeah, he's... So since he doesn't have surgery tomorrow, he's taken off tonight, I think. So Eric gets his three days of studying back. Yeah, because he was, he was going to be off on Thursday and Friday. Now it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I get my three days back of studying. Uh, it's a, so, and even then, like, we haven't really gotten really deep into, like, the surgery rotation. Like, day one and two were uh, in the books, and it wasn't too crazy. I think... Day two is a typical, like, today was day two, and it was a typical clinic day. We saw mm, maybe 12 patients and a combination of consults and post-ops, and I'll kind of go back to that. I'm just kind of going, doing the overview right now, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday is going to be surgery days, and Monday, typically, I guess, is supposed to be the 
Ambulatory Surgery Center or ASC day, but because the ASC at Houston is still not up and running, I think they're like months overdue for getting it back up and running. There's no, he didn't have any cases, so we did come in and talk to him and round on the patients that he had in the hospital, and then he kind of gave us a a quick uh, orientation to the rotation. And homework. And some homework, yeah. That was a, I, I know, I still need to, at this point it doesn't matter. I, I have one more one more rotation beyond this uh, general surgery six-week rotation. But I, I, I don't know if it's wise when they ask you, okay, so where are you at? And you, I know you're a third year, so, but where, where are you at? And then I'm with uh, my friend Chris and on this rotation and we're like, oh, we're on our last, this is the last rotation. Like this is it. Surgery is our last core. And so like the expectation level goes like through the roof when you do that. So take that with caution. Like if you, <laughs> if you're like, man, I really do not want to do OBGYN, maybe just say like, I've done a couple rotations. Like, don't say it's your last one. And they're like, great, you're going to do everything. Uh, but, I mean, we're, I think we're both, we're both in, in it to get as much as we can out of it. So I think it's going to be okay. It's just going to be a little bit of a push. Uh, and so this this is a been a rotation that I did initially ask for uh, with this particular preceptor because he is the chair for general surgery. And I was doing that at a time when I was thinking maybe surgery, if you go back in the podcast, you'll see that there's been a long journey of me talking about where I want to be as a doctor, and it's been a bit of a journey. But there was a period where I was thinking maybe general surgery is where I wanted to land and end up because it's surgery, it's kind of kind of orthopedic adjacent, and I have a lot of experience with orthopedics, so there was a little bit of comfort zone there. And over a few weeks, I've kind of thought, eh, maybe, maybe not general surgery. And now I'm, I'm with, like, still with the chair. So, okay, well, if I end up getting uh, an away elective in orthopedics, this might be helpful. And it, I'll circle back to this later. This is kind of a later. I have, actually have show notes today, so I'm trying not to jump too much around. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, you, it's not your fault. Uh, in any case, so... It, I had put in the request for this preceptor long before I, I guess I knew anything about this preceptor. And he has a reputation, I suppose. Like, there's a lot of people who, I guess, think that he's a very tough preceptor. He's a little hard on the students. He's a little gruffer. He's made, apparently, some people cry. Uh, <laughs> he is, uh, he's got a, a very... This is the reputation going into the uh, rotation. He he just was a either a mean guy, depending on who you talk to. He was either mean or he's a misogynist. He's uh, even some people were wagering whether he was a racist and like it, it's just kind of and a lot of the stories like some of them I think they had some like okay he said this this and this and you know he called you stupid and like okay I can see how that can kind of hurt your feelings a bit and. I guess I, the more the closer I got to this rotation, I was getting nervous because I we have a, a general surgeon that plays soccer with us that a lot of the students rotate with, and he's a very nice guy, very friendly. I'm sure he's a great surgeon as well. And so there was always a part of me that was like, man, I should probably just switch to him. I should switch to his service 
and at least I know I'm gonna, what, what kind of preset that I'm going to get. But as I was getting closer to this rotation, I was talking to students who have actually had this preceptor before. And they had some of the, they repeated some of the same things, like he's a little not politically correct. He's, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he can be mean sometimes. He can be very abrupt. He can be very tactless. Um, but I was also getting, he teaches you a lot. He, he's a, he knows a lot when he wants to teach. He'll teach a lot. He'll, he'll move things along quickly. He wants things to run efficiently. And so I was starting to get like a better picture of what this guy was. And now that I've been with him for essentially a day and a half, I'm not saying I have a, you know, I'm, I have six weeks to go. So, <laughs> well, five, I guess. But he, I think it's a personality. It's kind of a, it's kind of a person, a persona thing. Because uh, you always have, you have different personas in medicine. Like you have the, the hand holder, you, you, you're, you're your patient's good friend. You're there to talk to them about all their issues. And then you have the, you know, straight to the point. Uh, this is what I want to do. This is what I think. And maybe a, a lot of kind of drier sarcasm mixed into the into the middle. And that's kind of where this guy lands. He's very quick to the point. I have an opinion. I'm going to say it. And <laughs> and some of his humor is like I I don't know if. Uh, Every doctor would want to have this sense of humor. I, I mean, even I think as an example today, we were doing a procedure where we were removing some a mass from this guy's arm. It wasn't an OR procedure or anything, but he was talking about like his speeding ticket he might have gotten recently, and then talking about how he doesn't drive recklessly. You know, he he he's never killed anyone with his car. You know, but on this table, you know. And he's with the patients wide awake for the entire time, like you know. But on my table, I've, I've, I've you know, I've killed before. And <laughs> he waits for the patient to react to him. He's like, I'm just kidding. I, I don't kill anyone on my on my table. And like, okay, it's like, okay, that's a, that's a weird like dry humor. as like deadpan, just dropped it in there. Um, the patient, you know, laughed at it, and then I, I mean, I was another patient. I was talk, we were talking to uh, in clinic, and he walks in and he was like, "Hey, do you want your gallbladder out?" And they're like, "Well, not if I don't have to." I'm like, "Well, I have a war on gallbladders. My go my goal is that before you go into the grave, that everyone everyone go has the gallbladder removed." And it, it's like it's a weird sense of humor like I, I know he doesn't just like cut on people to remove gallbladders like that's not his thing but he's got a sense of humor like that or he'll in the hospital joke to patients about how they've been there for 10 days they should just name the room after them <laughs> instead of calling it room you know 652 if 652 it's you know Margaret's room or whatever like that's what he, he kind of jokes about that sort of stuff and it kind of comes a across his graph and it, and it's it is very quick and to the point like he's not there to have a long protracted conversation with you and doesn't really want to hear a whole lot about your feelings he just wants to talk get the get the information figure out the plan and then go from there so i know this is not on your notes but yeah, when when we were looking at medical schools it seemed like they were starting to go the route of like having practice patients and um like that was the big thing that a lot of schools were 
like, well, we do this and um, this would make you a better doctor and um, whatnot. And do you think it's just kind of a change in medicine where during school now you have that patient interaction sooner and they're kind of teaching you how to interact with the patient so that the patient interaction with the doctor is better versus someone who graduated I don't years ago where it was more based on medical knowledge and whether or not you could do. I don't, so I, I, that kind of alludes to the idea that maybe he's not as good of a people person and maybe he's not, but I think it, this really kind of boils down to in your residency and probably a little bit during your clerkship years, you start figuring out what your style is. And I think it's more of a product of either where he went to his, to do his residency, where he went to do his fellowship, and maybe maybe his med school uh, core rotations that have all kind of gotten to this point where, like, I'm a general surgeon. We don't need to have conversations about your long past medical history. We don't need to have a, di- a deep dive into every single symptom that you're having. You know, you're 80 years old. Every I know everything aches and hurts. We are just focusing on this. And so to that point, like even in clinic, it, you know, patient, it, it moved, it moved quick. Like I, I've been, you know, obviously I did internal medicine and the time with patient in internal medicine felt like we could talk a lot. We could cover, and you, you could cover a great amount in internal medicine, you felt like you maybe spent a half an hour, maybe an hour with every patient. And I don't know how that worked with the doctor's schedule, to be honest, but you could have that time with the patient and they always had like a long laundry list of issues. And maybe you'd handle like two on that list, maybe three, but you were having more of a conversation. You're building that relationship. Whereas in the general surgery clinic, it's like, okay, uh, your post-op, great. Uh, any symptoms since you last came in? Any fever? Any nausea? Any how's the how's the incision site look? Great. Okay, perfect. All right, that looks good. We're you know we'll see you back in two weeks, or that'll heal up just fine. Follow up as needed, or oh you uh, have abdominal pain that's been plaguing you after you eat oily foods and nausea and and diarrhea. Okay, uh, and you have upper right quadrant pain. I'm not sure if I just said that, but uh, you probably have a gall gallbladder issue, and we're going to go in and cut that out and take care of it. And you, oh, you've had three episodes that took you to the ER three times in the last twelve months. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we'll take you to the OR and we're that's taken care of. Here's the risk for surgery. This is what I'm going to do, and then out. I wasn't meaning that he wasn't a bad. Uh, no, I know. I I, 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 think I that- do find that like the people that you meet in med school, like everybody's driven, everybody's competitive, and but it's it medical school spits out different types of doctors, obviously, and so I I was more getting to the point of like, is that a personality thing or is that just kind of how what school you went to or the train of thought that you were. Um, but oh. that does make more sense. You would kind of emulate the doctors that you follow. So residency might have have a higher impact on how you... Or just maybe the specialty that you go into has a higher impact. Yeah, you, you just... from I think from experience, you find out what's effective on... And what, what, what helps you be an efficient, effective doctor. And for some people, I think that it works. The personality, that personality can work. I don't know if that's like 
the future. I don't think I wouldn't say that that's the future of medicine. Is the the gruff doctor who just kind of barks at you or tells you how it's going to be. Like that's kind of a more paternalistic medicine that might be uh, to you kind of to your point is it seems like the more modern medicine is kind of going away from that paternalistic. I'm the doctor. I know what's good for you. I'm going to tell you what to do and then you do it versus a more collaborative. And I know there's a more technical term for this where it's more let's talk about your symptoms. Let's talk about what's going on. These are the options I think that are are good for you let's talk about the pros and cons of each of them and come you know, together we're going to come to a solution that works best for you and that's kind of where i think medicine is more heading to but i think even in, in a lot of the surgical fields it's that hasn't taken as much of a hold and it's possibly also just a product of like the nature of surgery like yeah. hey uh you have a <laughs> you have a gall you have an inflamed <laughs> gallbladder chronic uh, cholecystitis you need to get that gallbladder out the option for you is for me to cut you open and take it out <laughs> that's the only option let's do it and like that's and then of course like they love cutting they love doing surgery they i mean they make their money by doing surgery they don't make their money by seeing patients in clinic they make their money by doing surgery yeah so rbus what rbus, RBUs yeah yeah it's obviously uh and i mean you train years and years to do surgery so that's what you want to do you want to be in that OR you don't want to be in a clinic yeah so I, I I'm not saying that uh, I don't know I don't know I'm not sure exactly what I'm saying I think so by nature of surgery there are there are some some situations of course that are going to be like there's a, a variety of, of treatment options we can pursue you know obviously not not having surgery is a treatment option but in a lot of cases it's like you either have surgery and I can fix it or you cannot have surgery and yeah. be in, and have this continually be a problem. And I think that's essentially what uh, a lot of surgeons' personalities are like. And in either case, I, I guess I, I kind of wanted to, because of, just because of the reputation and like either it was people people's experience with this particular preceptor and like how he walked you know, if he, if he thanked them for holding the door open for him and if he was courteous on the phone or anything like that. It's, it's just interesting. Like, one little instance can, like, really taint someone's view of this particular preset or any preset for that matter. And, my, again, my experience, and maybe I'm a little bit more easygoing, maybe I'm a little bit more <laughs> forgiving of... I, I worked with surgeons for seven years, so maybe I'm a little bit more forgiving of their personality. Uh, like... I, I really appreciated how kind of straight and to the point he was. Like on orientation day. You he, knew your expectations. He, he basically laid down like the expectation. Like you guys are medical students. I mean, you don't really bring anything to my practice. Like you're not going to make my life easier. That's not really how you work. That's not, <laughs> that's not how medical students do things. I could do things a lot faster without you. So your job is just to learn as much as you can. And he just laid out like what his expectations were, how how the days were going to go, what he was going to do, what what kind of questions are fair game, so what we should be doing to and it, 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 basically I'm seeing it as like he's projecting out. Um, let's take this for example. He said in surgery I can ask you three three things. I can ask you the indications and contraindications. That's one thing. Anatomy. 
and complications for any particular surgery that we do. So that's him projecting out like, okay, if we're going to do a thyroidectomy, as an example, he's going to maybe ask us, why would I do a thyroidectomy? What are the indications? What are the contraindications? What are the complications? And don't don't give him like, oh, uh, the complications are bleeding and damage to adjoining structures. <laughs> and so like, don't do that. Like that's something that as a patient you hear, like, any patient goes, yeah, the risk for the surgery is uh, nerve damage and uh, bleeding and damage to adjoining structures and blah, blah, blah. But as medical students, he's like, I want you guys to know what structures can get damaged. Um, so like in medical school, we learn like, I think it's like the recurrent laryngeal nerve uh, can get damaged. And there's a whole bunch of other things that can get damaged too. I don't, I'm not a, I, I, we haven't done a thyroidectomy yet and I haven't <laughs> looked it up yet. So um, there's a lot, I think he's going to expect anatomy. I mean, anatomy is going to be something he's going to want you to know. And I'm sure that's, that's blood vessels, veins, <laughs> big muscles, tendons, other structures. So I I do feel like it's fair. He is basically projecting out what I'm going to ask you and you can get ready for it. And, you know, I, as I've heard from other people who've had him, you're going to probably feel stupid occasionally. And I think that's true for most third years. You, you get, uh, I think it's pretty rare you get asked a question by your preceptor and a hundred percent of the time you can come up with an answer. Like I think every preceptor that I've had that's asked me a question, I've either been able to answer like 50% of it or stare at him blankly and go, <laughs> I think you, I, I feel like you'll probably feel stupid for maybe the next two years, first year and second year of residency. You'll have your moments as well. Yeah. And I, that was the other thing. I, um, having me and Chris telling him that we are, finishing our last core, he goes, okay, that's great because third year is all about getting information, doing history and physical, I mean, doing your HPIs and gathering information. That's what third year is all about. Fourth year is about being the doctor, making the assessment, making the plan. And he's like, I'm going to expect you guys to round on patients, present them, and as we go along, get, get better at doing assessments and plans. And so he assigned us, I think, four patients to round on. And I mean, there's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure because he, even today, he, he, so Monday he gave us a list of his patients and just said, these are also my practice partners. So you might see this list grow and get smaller. Your job is to know which ones are which. And when we round on the patients, we're going to round on my patients. And I think this, and then this morning we, we started, he's like, I, I didn't print off a list. So it's your job to know which patients to go to. And I don't want to go backwards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he, wa he basically wants us to figure out how to see each patient in the hospital without having to backtrack. Did and the hospital is, is laid out very oddly. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a trick. <laughs> and he doesn't want us to forget any patients. And it, it's, so it's, 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 it's a, an added pressure. And then the other thing he wants us to do is to present our patients to him, but he's trying to get us to, to get to the point of presenting without looking at notes. So he wants us to know our patients so well, lab values and everything, that he can just go, what's going on with this patient? And whoever's been assigned that patient can just rattle off what's going on, do the presentation, and then if he asks a question, you can answer it. 
So it's a, I feel like the expectation level was higher, which I think is good. This is like kind of going back to my rotation with Dr. Lomboy. When the expectation is high, the failure, <laughs> failure rate's a little high as well. Uh, it kind of pushes you to be better. Um, and then I think the other nice thing about this uh, rotation as well is it's kind of a a decent look at whether like what's what kind of pulls me I mean it's I talked about IM versus surgery uh, and now I'm kind of on the IM versus maybe five five ten percent orthopedic now it's like okay well let's look at do I like really focused in on one thing so in surgery it's we're just focusing on the patient's surgical situation we're not really as interested in electrolytes we're not as elect interested in uh, mental health we're not as interested in like sniff placements or anything like that we're we're really just looking at okay we we just did a laparoscopic procedure on you how's the incision you know your bowel's moving just fine great we're going to sign off and move on uh, so I think this rotation would be a kind of a nice little test to see like do I like just really being focused, focusing on kind of a single uh, a particular aspect of patient care, or do I still prefer like the internal medicine? We're taking care of the entire patient, you know, electrolytes and all, and sure the surgeon's handling the surgery portion, but like you know we're we're directing or we're the kind of the final like okay well the patient has bowel obstruction we send them to GI if they have nephrology issues we send them to nephrology etc. But we're, we're managing electrolytes, we're managing all the other health issues. And we finally, when, when it's time for the patient to go, we discharge them kind of thing. So I'm, I guess this is a good rotation to kind of see what I like. And I, I do find that even now when I'm charting, there's a lot of, there's a big part of me that goes, huh, wonder what's going on with this patient. Do they have uh, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I don't think he's going to appreciate me going down that road. Like, oh my gosh, guys, this patient's uh, glucose level has been in the 400s. Like, well, what, what kind of, what kind of uh, diabetes uh, management do they have this patient on? Like, no, no. Surge surgeons don't care. <laughs> well, they do care. You know, it might prevent them from doing surgery, but it, it's not something that they're going to get their hands into. Um, so it's, it's, a, I think, a good rotation for a lot of those reasons. I guess I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I think having talked to a few people and I feel like a lot of the cons might have been overblown. And that might be something to maybe also keep in mind, I guess, when you go into your cores that you're gonna have a lot of your peers that are all gonna have different differing opinions on rotations. I know uh, with my pulmonology subspecialty for internal medicine, there were a lot of peers talking about how that rotation was going to be terrible and boring. All you're going to do is look at sleep studies, and it's just a big snooze fest. And, like, I saw half of the uh, Dr. Morales' patients. I, saw, I went to critical care. Like, I had a good time. I, I, I learned a lot on that rotation. So um, really the takeaway there is just, your peers are going to have different expectations and some, some, some are going to have varying different expectations of what they expect the rotation to look like. And when you 
I guess when you get to that rotation, try to keep an open mind. Don't just be like, oh, man, this is going to be a huge drag. It's going to be the worst. Um, like, have an open mind. And, like, so far, if I would have listened to the people say, like, this preceptor is terrible, it's going to be the worst, I would have been dreading it. And uh, I may be looking for the, the quick and easy way to basically do as little as possible <laughs> or, you know, do the bare minimum or maybe even have asked the uh, hospital coordinated to reassign me to a different surgeon. But like I'm with uh, my friend Chris. That's my, my first rotation I've had with him. It's my last, one of my last rotations, so that's been <laughs> nice. Uh, and so I'm with Chris, who's a very competent student. Like I wish I was like half as competent as he was. But <laughs> And then uh, I have a preset that's going to push me. But he, uh, he also says, like, if you want to get your hands involved in the surgery. Like he's even let students basically do surgery, do the entire surgery themselves. Like, well, that sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> sounds like a, a really cool situation. I have, a, I have a really good opportunity in front of me. So I guess keep an open mind. Don't, don't always listen to what other students say. Again, like, I think it's a level of experience as well. Because I think I came from seven years working around surgeons, working in an office environment with nurses, with admins, administrative staff, not in a hospital. I worked with a hospital, and so I got to experience a little bit of that as well. And so I feel like I, I got a different, a little, a little bit of a different uh, glance into medicine. So I was kind of, I already know the personalities that you're going to encounter in medicine. And so it's not shocking to me that there are some physicians and providers that are maybe less than cordial. <laughs> uh, and then as medical students, like there's a pecking order and generally speaking, we're kind of near the bottom of that pecking order. And medicine is changing. It's not as being, it's not as malignant as it has been in the past and hopefully it's getting better, but I don't know. <laughs> it's a, I don't know if you have anything to, to add to that. I, I just, really want to stress like having an open mind and maybe getting some experience or at least giving some graces to the preceptors is recognizing that they're also human with some some deep flaws and recognize like you're human with probably deep flaws <laughs> that you're not a you're not a doctor yet you're not you know you're not an expert like my take for example my 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 biggest victory today in clinic was just knowing that one of the consults that was supposed to be for con consult for consideration for cholecystectomy or gallbladder removal, that it was obviously not a gallbladder. That was my big victory. I, I have no idea what it is. Like I have a suspicion that it might be something to do with the kidneys, but that's it. Like that's my big victory. That, and I'm a third year medical student. Like I, I know nothing else besides probably doesn't need a gallbladder removal. And the doctor actually agreed with that. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess keep yourself humble, but also remember that your preceptors are humans as well. That well, and I think we've, we've talked about this before, but I, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but, um, in medicine, you are going to have to learn to work with those of all kinds, people you like and people you don't. Medicine is a small world and no... Unless you work for yourself, 
no hospital system or clinic system is going to have 100% of the people that you like. So even if you end up in a core rotation with a preceptor that you don't particularly like, it is a learning experience in and of itself because you do have to learn to work with people that you may not necessarily get yeah. along with. I mean, that's true for anything, any coworkers life. as well as uh, as well as co- uh, patients. I mean, there's plenty of patients who are oh, relatively offensive as they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you went into this field to, to care for the people at the the most vulnerable. It's not you didn't go into it to only take treat the people who were nice. Bless those people that work pain management. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's <laughs> uh, not for me, but you know, good for you guys. Um, <laughs> so kind of moving moving past uh, the rotation, I did finally book my step two date. Um, I think we split the baby, uh, pardon the, the expression there, but we went with August 5th. We were between, I think, the 1st and the 8th, and I think last week we talked. On the pod, I think it was on the podcast. You said you should do the fifth, and the, yeah, I did finally re- book it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we're we're hoping that gives it enough time to get back before his first away rotation. But um, normally, when Eric does practice tests on a Monday, he doesn't do as well as when he does them later in the week. It takes yeah. a little while to get into your groove. It's like I wipe my brain clean on the weekends <laughs> and Monday I'm just like, I don't know anything. So that's why we went with the fifth. It's a Friday. He can study throughout the week and then maybe take a a half day on Thursday. Yeah, and and, 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 and it's not in Columbus or uh, Columbus, Georgia, so I don't have to drive like two, three hours to get there. I just have to go up to Macon. So, so he can stay at home, which he can is stay nice. At home. So I mean, all in all, not not a bad, not a bad deal. Uh, I mean, I, I already paid for the the permit, which is of course almost like a thousand dollars. So that's exciting. But I'm actually not going to be the first person to take it in my cohort of, oh, yeah? of friends. A lot of them, are, uh, a good number of them, are taking it uh, in July, like like 25th of July or something oh, like okay. that. So I'm not the first, um, but we're all in about the same like two three week period. So it's going to be. An exciting marathon, right? Like right. We have, I don't know, eight weeks left, about eight and a half weeks left of this rotation, and and then maybe another three for the until we get to step one. Oh, is that uh, step two? I don't want to go back to step one. Uh, <laughs> and then after step two, we really have to get everything done for application because um, application for residency because. Um, I'll be going to my away. He'll be going to his away rotation. So, good luck trying to get everything done during that time. Yeah, so another another opportunity to show off what you have and what you know to people and who are going to judge you. And <laughs> hopefully, you do a good job and don't screw up too much. So, um, so that that's a that's been our week. Yeah, I think the only other I think I wanted to circle back on I. I I listen to the Divine Intervention podcast or like usually when I'm driving somewhere, I want to study a little bit. I, I drive a lot of students to the airport, and so a lot of times I have like an hour and a half to two hours to kill. So I, I listen to Divine Intervention. He's got some good stuff um, on on his pod, uh, podcast. Uh, I've listened to him for a little while, but I know other people have uh, promoted him as well, and that's, uh, he's, he's good. He's got some good information there. Um, but one of the things he mentioned, and I, 
Yeah, I kind of wanted to address it just because uh, he mentioned that as it gets closer to match, <laughs> if you are planning on doing a backup, it's okay to be, a, I think as he said, to be a private perso- person. Don't You don't need to talk about online or social media which specialties you're applying to and because apparently program directors uh, might listen to your your social media, look at your social media accounts and whatnot and kind of get an idea of like how committed to the specialty you are. And so that kind of hit a little bit home because like, oh gosh, I have this podcast where I just kind of spitball every, every week about where I'm at mentally. And, uh, you know, and it's also on my CV. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, it is fair game, you know? Um, cause I, I know I've talked about being on the edge of surgery and now, uh, 90% sure on I am and having this kind of oddball orthopedic thing that's out there. And I don't know, I, I don't know how to sugarcoat it. Like it's, it's just like orthopedic. Again, I worked seven years with it. There's, there is an appeal to it because of familiarity. Um, and I, you know, I had some people I worked with that I you know, kind of encouraged me to, to look at least take a look at it and so I, I kind of felt like it's worth taking a look and I haven't had an orthopedic rotation so I got to keep an open mind kind of mentality um but I always want to go back and say to see like 90% sure it's going to be internal medicine that seems to be the like so far of all my rotations I kind of really clicked with the most is internal medicine so if you're a program director <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, it's internal medicine, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I, I try to keep an open mind for all the, all the rotations. There was some that were like, obviously I don't want to do this. Like, uh, OBGYN, like I really, I didn't really enjoy it. And family medicine, it's not the worst. And I know it's kind of like internal medicine in some many ways, but I didn't thoroughly enjoy my family medicine rotation. Pediatrics, I liked as far as much as the hospital. I think I think I said as much as that. Like the clinic, not as big of a fan, but the hospital, I really liked. And so I think that's probably why I liked internal medicine rotation as much as I have. Is that it's been a lot of hospital time, and I kind of like that. Um, I know as far as surgery goes, there's a lot of hospital time, so I kind of like that. <laughs> so. Uh, I guess rest assured when I put when I submit the application, I'll 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 be sure that's what I want to do. Um, but I'm 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 trying to go through this process of of learning and experiencing what I can experience, so that a I I can either say I've done it, I've done these things I've done all these rotations and have these cool experiences I'm never going to do those again, uh, and two. If you have the experience and it really clicks with you, then you kind of go, oh, well, that's really what I want to do. Like, I think a fellow, fellow classmate of mine, uh, they had talked a lot about how they didn't know what they wanted to do when I was with them. I think I was with them briefly on a, like a couple of days on a pediatric rotation. And they were like, oh, I don't really know what I want to do. And then I heard that they had a surgery rotation and it just really clicked with them. They <laughs> had this great experience on surgery. And now they're like, hundred percent I'm going to be a surgeon kind of thing and that's great and I, but I think that's like kind of the power of like you go in you think you're going to be something and you allow the experiences to kind of take you in and you can then find oh wow this really clicked well with me this really made me feel um 
like I actually knew something. I felt like I was in the right spot. And so that, I don't know, I think as long as you allow the opportunities to come and so I'm trying to be that way, at least as far as general surgery and orthopedics. Um, but like I constantly said on this podcast, I'm pretty, I'm like 90% sure it's going to be internal medicine. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I know that's like kind of covering my butt a little bit. But. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's not like they're going to pick a random podcast. You know, they're not going to list all of them. <laughs> I think we say it often enough. It, it's, it, it could be a thing. <laughs> Anywho, I hope you guys had a good week. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or would like to hear about a certain topic, please let us know. Instagram is medfamilymd. You can listen to us on pretty much any podcast platform. And... We will be back next week with more on surgery rotation. Yeah, that should be good. Should be a lot of fun. All right, you guys have a good week. Bye.